Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Thanksgiving Thursday teaching tutorial Thursday with Greg Cosell. And yes, we are actually recording this. Thanksgiving morning, because that's how Jack rolls. That's how Greg rolls. That's how I, you guys, before you eat your rolls, need a fresh new podcast to listen to with the family. Maybe you guys could play this like during the Thanksgiving Day meal. I think the other people would appreciate that. Or at least while you're driving to wherever it is you may be going today. It is presented, of course, by DraftKings. And we will have a new Spread the Word winner. Tomorrow, somebody that's quote tweeting at Ross Tucker Pod, very easy to do. We'll have a new sponsor confirmation email winner tomorrow. Take advantage of any of our awesome sponsors. Just go to the sponsor page at rostucker.com. And I love the YouTube shout out because I like doing those videos for you. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. It's big show time. The big show. All right, Greg, uh, let us dive into it. And I think we need to start with some of the quarterback moves that are being made. Greg, we got a couple of young guys, second-year guys, getting benched. Zach Wilson's getting benched for the Jets. And Davis Mills getting benched reportedly for the Texans. Curious first as to what you've seen or not seen from those two guys this year? Well, Wilson's been a bit of a tough watch, Ross, because he's at the stage where he just doesn't see things very well. So therefore he can't really eliminate what's not there and isolate where to throw the football. Um, He's very loose. He's reckless. He's undisciplined. Um, He has a very long way to go to be a quality NFL quarterback and they have a good team. Uh, And I'm not saying this sarcastically at all, but, they're just trying to get a first down right now. They gained two yards in the second half last week. So right now they just need to get a first down and move the football. They're not worried about scoring 25 or 30 points, but they've got a good football team with a playoff caliber defense and some good young skill position players. So I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in their building, 
but it would strike me that that was a change that that likely had to be made. As far as Davis Mills, um, I kind of liked Davis Mills, and I still think he has quality traits. Mills is an executor and a ball distributor, and those kinds of quarterbacks need team around them. I think it's fair to say, based on tape, that they have one of the worst rosters in the National Football League. And quarterbacks like Davis Mills, who are executors and ball distributors, will not function well or consistently with bad rosters. So therefore, Mills was very, very up and down in his performance. He doesn't respond to pressure particularly well, and he gets a lot of it. Uh, So they made that change. That, to me, is a change that, again, as an outsider, I'm really uncertain as to what that accomplishes, other than the fact that you're telling everybody you're going to take a quarterback in the draft. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a pretty good point. That is interesting, Greg, about what you said about an executor and a ball distributor needs you know a team around him. Although, who did he have around him at the end of last year? When didn't he have like several games where he was putting up like yeah, and that's yards why I thought that well? he'd, he'd play well this year. But obviously, for whatever reason, um, you know. The tape showed a very inconsistent player who struggled at times when there were people around him. Uh, the One issue that he did have this year, which didn't crop up last year anywhere near as much, was he missed too many routine throws with poor ball placement. And those kinds of quarterbacks can't miss those throws because they're not going to make second reaction plays. Let's get Greg to um, st- start with the Thanksgiving Day games because they're all good ones. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on them. Let's start with uh, the Bills and the Lions and what you're looking for there? Well, I think you have to look at the Bills because they did something last week that I'm not sure a lot of people are aware of. Prior to last week, the Bills had lined up in 11 personnel with three wide receivers, close to 75% of their offensive snaps. Last week, to reset their offense, which is what teams do when they want to reset is they run the ball, but to reset their offense, They played out of 11 personnel, only about 40% of their offensive snaps. They played with base personnel, whether it was with two tight ends, whether it was with the fullback Gilliam, whether it was the pony package, which was very effective for them, where they played two tailbacks, Cook and Hines, um, and they ran the ball. There were 29 combined rushes by Cook and Singletary last week, Ross. 22 of those runs, 22 of the 29 came out of a base personnel grouping. And you could tell that they wanted to reset their offense. You could tell that Josh Allen still was a little tentative in the first half, didn't turn some throws loose that we know he normally would, um, probably a little conscious of, of the picks. And then as the game progressed and you got into the second half, you saw Josh Allen become a little more confident and comfortable. But they ran the ball well. Cook had some really good runs out of the pony package in which Hines was essentially used as a motion player. What does that mean in your mind, Greg, resetting the offense, and why do you do that? Well, when you're a passing team, uh, there's a lot of things that go into throwing the football beyond just the quarterback. We always just look at the quarterback and assume if you're not throwing it well that it's the quarterback's fault. Sometimes it is. Um, But obviously there's pass protection. How do you choose to pass protect? Do you pass protect with five? Do you pass protect with six? Do you max pro? What are your route concepts? Are you looking to attack vertically? Are you looking to throw a more controlled passing game? Ross, these are all things. I don't know how many people think about these things, but the passing game is just not the quarterback dropping back and throwing the ball. Um, So 
with all those variables, things can go wrong. So when you're looking to reset your offense and just develop some stability and continuity, normally what teams do is they run the ball. You know, you're, you're an offensive lineman. What do offensive linemen like to do most? Fire off the ball and hit people. They don't want to be proactive. Excuse me. They don't want to be reactive and retreat. They don't want to have to deal with all the pressure concepts because some of them, they don't know where they're coming from with all the linebackers and secondary people that are coming. Um, So they just want to line up, fire off the ball and hit people. And that is the way you tend to reset your offense. It's easier to do it that way. What about the next game, Greg? We've got, I'm calling, I'm actually in Dallas right now in a hotel room getting ready for the Giants and the Cowboys Wow. Um, Two teams coming into this one off of very different games last week. Yeah, I think you have to look at the Cowboy defensive front. I mean, their defensive front is 9-10 deep with players who are multi-positional, can line up inside, outside, even line up as jokers off the ball. Um, And the Giants O-line, as you well know, as you're preparing for this game, I'm surprised they didn't call you to, to recruit you to play this week, given all the injuries they have on their offensive line. So I think you have to start there. Uh, and again, I'm not one of those people that thinks, oh, this game's over before it starts. Anything can happen in an NFL game. But that looks like an extreme mismatch heading into this game, that Cowboy defensive front versus a, a, an injury-riddled uh, revolving door Giants offensive line. The last game is tonight, and it's the Patriots and the Vikings. <clears throat> yeah. Um, curious what you're thinking and what you're seeing from these two teams. You know, let's talk Patriots here. I mean, obviously the Patriots are are six and four. You know, Belichick is a great coach. He finds ways with the talent he has to win. But their offense is a little bit of a struggle as well right now. You know, Mac Jones might have put up good numbers last week just as as pure numbers on a sheet of paper, but they didn't score a touchdown. Um, They're a very condensed offense. There's not much in the way of an intermediate vertical passing game. I think Jones still is not a comfortable player right now. Um, You know, he has to play the style of quarterback he is. Um, You know, I used the term executor and ball distributor earlier. Um, Mac Jones is that. And those kinds of quarterbacks have to be really precise and detailed and nuanced with everything they do snap after snap because they're not going to beat you with just wow talent, whether it's arm strength, whether it's second reaction movement. They, they just have to execute the offense snap after snap after snap the right way. And right now, Mac Jones is still struggling with that a bit. I don't know if it's you know just a function of coming off the injury and not being comfortable yet. But he's moving a little too much when he shouldn't. Um, he's, he's leaving some throws on the field that are there within the structure because you can tell he's just not comfortable. So that may come. We saw him last year go through long stretches where he looked very comfortable and looked like he'd, he'd be a really solid NFL quarterback. I'm sure they're hoping he gets back to that. You're not there, so you don't know what he's being taught. I guess the question is, you know, when you watch video, yeah, can you t- you know what do you see from the what do you see from the Patriots schematically? Because obviously up there, that's a big part of the conversation. Is you know it's Patricia, it's Joe Judge. Right. They're not putting Mac Jones in a good position. What do you see? Yeah, that's a hard question for me to answer, Ross. And I'm just being honest because you know me well enough to know I don't like to talk about things I don't know about because um, I don't know. You know, people talk about the change in the offense and the design of the offense. Um, that may well be true. Um, 
you know, don't forget, Mac Jones came from college to the NFL, had to learn a brand new offense. Now in his second year, whether it's a brand new offense or whether it's just different in some respects, I can't speak to that. But obviously there's more learning that goes on. So as smart as Mac Jones is, and, and I've heard he's very smart and a very savvy player, he's still learning three new offenses in three years. And that's hard to do. Um, so y- y- you know as well as I do that if you have to start thinking through the game as the ball is snapped, it happens too fast for you to function effectively no matter what position you're playing. So my sense is just watching him, and I haven't done a full breakdown of their offensive scheme, so I can't address specifically what you asked, but just watching him, my sense is he's thinking through things as opposed to playing. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the the Bears playing the Jets. We already kind of touched on Zach Wilson. I do think it's interesting that they're going with Mike White and not Joe Flacco. I'm curious to see – um, how that plays out. And then you on the other side, you got Fields is a little bit banged up. Um, you know, Greg, this is one of the concerns when you run a quarterback as much as they've been running Justin Fields is that he gets banged up. And maybe that prevents him from being able to play, or maybe it just affects his play because he's banged up. You know, this is what one of the most fascinating sort of 30,000 feet questions now that's going to be talked about by teams, particularly when it comes to the draft, because there'll be more college quarterbacks that come out that have movement ability and that are not necessarily precision pocket players, but can provide this kind of explosive movement outside of structure or by design in a run game. So, you know, I had this conversation actually with, with someone this week, um, what have we learned this year about Justin Fields? And, and it's a very legitimate question, by the way, you know, and I'm not taking sides. I, I, I've been going back and forth in my brain about this for the last number of weeks because I've watched every one of Fields' games this year because it's a fascinating case study. Um, by NFL standards, and what I'm about to say is based purely on tape, by NFL standards, their pass game is remedial and elementary. They run the ball with Fields, both by design and he makes – special out-of-structure plays. So can you play quarterback in the NFL like that? In other words, are we are we going to say that, hey, some quarterbacks are just different than what, you know, the conventional – in other words, I'm just an old guy who's thinking about quarterback 20 years ago and that, hey, running is just as important or more important than passing for an NFL quarterback if that's what your skill set is. You know, you know so what – that comes back to my question. What have we learned about Justin Fields this year? They don't really run an NFL passing game in a strict sense. And we know he's a dynamic, explosive runner who's 230 pounds. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I think we've learned. It's a, it's a philosophical question. Like I said, without, I think a defined answer, I'm sure there are coaches who will say that, Hey, we've learned nothing because at some point you got to throw it from the pocket. And there's others who'll say, Hey, there's different ways to play quarterback, and this is the way he plays quarterback. Yeah, I think we've learned that he has extraordinary physical ability, but maybe we already knew that. We did know that. Right, so maybe we didn't learn anything so far this year. Um, although, you know what? Even when he had extraordinary physical ability the first year and a half, Greg, or year and a quarter, 
he, he wasn't making plays like this, you know? Well, he wasn't running around like this. And, and, and the bottom line is they're scoring a lot of points. And one could easily say, and there's absolutely no argument in response to this, if they're going to score 30 points a game, then what's the problem? Well, I think the problem is, if there is one, is just whether or not he can stay healthy playing this right. style. I mean, that, that, that's the problem, if there is one. Uh, let's get to Greg. Fascinating thoughts. Yeah, I, I like it. Let's get to the Bengals and the Titans. Sneaky good game on Sunday. Very good game. Um, you know, the Bengals, I guess Jamar Chase is going to play uh, snaps. Uh, he'll probably be on a pitch count. Um their offense is really interesting because last week uh, Joe Burrow was in empty 20 snaps. Think about that, Ross. 20 snaps in a game, he was in empty sets. And the Steelers were very aggressive with pressure and with man coverage. The problem the Steelers had is they struggled to really play man coverage well, but they played it and they pressured with five men. Um, the Titans are not a pressure defense. They're a physical, competitive, tough defense but they rely primarily, primarily on four-man pressures. Now, sometimes they do what we call zone exchange pressures, where they'll bring a linebacker or the slot corner, but they'll drop out a D lineman, so it's still a four-man pass rush. Um, it's a team that plays a lot of zone on early downs and plays man on third down. Uh, but they're physical. They can rush the quarterback, although they'll be missing Danico Autry, and that's a big, big loss because in their dime front, when they have Simmons and Autry inside, those are two tough guys to block. Um, so I'm really curious how the Bengals approach this. Mixon will likely be out. Um, P. Ryan plays on third down anyway, so my guess is they don't feel like they're missing a lot. Sunday night football, Greg, it's the Packers and the Eagles. And, um, you know, came out, I guess, Aaron Rodgers. We knew he had a bad thumb. Now he says it's broken. He for Whatever it is, Greg, He's been missing some throws he normally doesn't. That's absolutely true. Um, and this is now a team, which is crazy to say with Aaron Rodgers, that the best version of their offense is when they run the ball. And when their pass game works off their run game. Um, it's no longer Aaron Rodgers just dropping back. Although, you never know. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's arguably the best thrower the game has ever seen. So you just never know. Um, but that's what they've kind of evolved into offensively. Uh, I think a very overlooked element about the Eagles, because there's been such a focus on their offense and Jalen Hurts, their defense, Ross, is really good. I mean, Linville Joseph came in last week. He played 26 snaps, all in the five-man base front, and he was a dominant player, um, more dominant than Jordan Davis. Uh, and, and Sue played 17 snaps, and he played really well. So they got two guys who were sitting on their couch, you know, last week or a week ago, and these guys came in and played at a really high level, particularly Joseph. Wow. Um, what about the Niners, um, Greg? Everybody's talking Niners, Niners, Niners after that game Monday night. Everybody says the Niners. Oh, no, nobody wants to play the Niners. Niners are the best. I mean, what did you say? No, I'm just going to answer it this way because, you know, you and I are both on, on Twitter and social media just because we have to be in our business. And – you probably know me. I mean, we've been doing this a long time. We're friends. You know that I don't make rash statements. You know, I, I watch the tape. You know, people might think some of the things I say are bold and controversial, but they're based on tape study. Um, and this week, I was so interested to see so many people say, boy, the Niners have such a good roster, and Jimmy Garoppolo is the one who's going to hold them back. And here's what I was thinking to myself. 
Jimmy Garoppolo played in a Super Bowl, did he not, Ross? Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo has been in two NFC Championship games, correct? Yep. Has Jimmy Garoppolo been holding the 49ers back these last number of years? Not really. I mean, not a lot of teams get to the Super Bowl. I believe only two a year, correct? Correct. So, uh, you know, no one is under any illusion that Jimmy Garoppolo is Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, any of the great quarterbacks in this league. You know, we're not suggesting he's a top three or top five quarterback if you're just looking about traits and talent and those kinds of things. But this is a incredibly well-schemed offense that Garoppolo operates very well. He's been in it for a while now. He's been phenomenal on third down in each of the last three games. Is he going to throw a bad pick here and there? It might happen this week. Of course he is. That's going to happen. But I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo has a pretty good feel for this offense and how to run it, given that he's been in it for quite a while. And he has a good feel for what he's asked to do. They don't ask him to, to be, you know, a Josh Allen or a Mahomes. They don't ask him. They don't live and die with Jimmy Garoppolo's performance every week. And you know what? There's something to be said for that. We talked about the Bills at the start of this, about how they had a reset. The Chiefs reset last year when Patrick Mahomes had a tough two or three game stretch. And Mahomes is clearly right now the best quarterback in football. So sometimes that has to happen. That's the way the Niners play all the time. They don't ask the quarterback to be Superman every week. Really curious to see what it would have been like this year if uh, Trey Lance had stayed healthy and how the Niners would be operating right now. You know, we'll, we'll never know, or maybe we'll, we'll know never know the year. answer to that. And, and again, now we're going to see what they do next year. You know, Trey Lance is missing a whole season. It's crazy. Check him out on social. He's there. <clears throat> At Greg Cosell. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. All right. Happy Thanksgiving to Greg. And happy Thanksgiving to all of you. If you are like me and you invested in crypto, I know a lot of you are just leaving it on an exchange where you bought it. That's a mistake. If you've heard the news lately, exchanges are closing. Accounts are being frozen. Over 2 million Bitcoins have already been lost forever. So Zengo realized this and said, there's got to be a better way. So Zengo created the crypto wallet we've all been waiting for. It's controlled by you. So unlike an exchange, no one can access your crypto but yourself. Keep your crypto and NFTs safe with next-gen tech the big guys have been using for years, thanks to Zengo. Download the Zengo app from the App Store or Google Play. That's Z-E-N-G-O. And use code ROSS to get 0% fees on your first purchase of up to $1,000 when you select Banza as your purchasing option. That's code ROSS for 0% fees on your first purchase via B-A-N-X-A. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Tux Takes. All right, Ross, let's start with the Jets benching quarterback Zach Wilson for Mike White. I thought this was the right decision to bench Zach Wilson because I, I think they could have gone one more week and said he's been warned he could have come out and did a mea culpa on Wednesday like he did anyway and said, it's my fault. You know, I, I handled that poorly and given him one more game, especially against the Bears defense. In fact, I probably would have done that. I probably would have given Zach Wilson this start. And if he struggled, maybe benched him at halftime. But I understand the logic for not. It's just like really hard to know when to go back to him at this point. Ducks takes. The Texans are reportedly benching quarterback Davis Mills for Kyle Allen. So Greg and I kind of talked about this, and I think I might have talked about this Tuesday or Wednesday. What they're really doing here, I think Lovey Smith's desperate to try to get a couple more wins, although I don't really know how that helps the franchise long term. I think they'd rather have number one overall pick. But I think that they want to change one of the variables and see how the offense, how the team operates with somebody else in a quarterback. Kyle Allen certainly is a little bit more mobile than Davis Mills. I don't know that he's a better player or that you're really learning much about Kyle Allen. You're probably learning more about the coordinator and the rest of the offense by putting a new quarterback in there, changing one variable out. Commanders designate quarterback Carson Wentz to return from IR. He was back out there on the practice field, but he's not starting. It's going to be Heineke. So it'll be interesting to see what Wentz is like as a backup. I guess he was asked about it and he said, I get it. Meaning he understands why Heineke's staying in there. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you better get it. I mean, of course they're going to keep Heineke in there. They, they're they winning a lot. Tux takes. Raven safety Marcus Williams is back practicing. Feels like this was a big week for guys to be back out there practicing. Really big week um, because so many guys, Jamison Williams and uh, Chase Young, big week for guys that were injured earlier coming back and starting to practice. Tucks takes. Bears quarterback Justin Fields tells reporters he's dealing with a separated shoulder and partially torn ligaments. It's kind of rare to actually announce that like that. I don't know why, what the benefit is of making sure everybody knows that. Um, I don't know if it sounds like he's still going to play, but we talked about it a little bit earlier with Greg, you know, the more you run your quarterback, the more the possibility is that he gets banged up like this. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Just means there's a risk, a, a very real risk with the number of designed quarterback runs the Bears were calling. Tux takes. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers confirms that his right thumb is broken. So this was like from like seven weeks ago. So I I guess my question is, well, like how close is it to being healed now if he broke it like seven weeks ago? And also, 
why is this information coming out now? As a reminder, in the NFL, there's always a reason why information comes out. Somebody wanted this information out. Somebody wanted maybe the excuse for Aaron Rodgers. I saw where pro football talks that maybe at some point they put him on IR and go with Jordan Love and they can say, well, it's his thumb and they need to let it heal. Maybe they're getting that that excuse ready. I don't know. Tuck's takes. Even more quarterback news. Matthew Stafford is out this week for the Rams with a neck injury, which means Bryce Perkins will make his first NFL start. Unbelievable, isn't it, Jack? I mean, this is a big week for guys coming back from injury and a big week for new quarterbacks to be playing because that's the case, obviously, um, with Perkins being out there. I'm happy for him. I'm excited for him. I love when guys get their first start because it might be their only start, but at least he feels like you know, he can say for the rest of his life he started an NFL game. Tucks takes. Not one, not two, but three games today, Ross, including the one that you're calling. Let's start with the first one on the slate, though. Buffalo at Detroit. Well, it's a great game. Buffalo, Detroit, really close to Canada. Both those cities, when I think Canada, I think Labatt Blue Light. It's so good. I literally, last night, uh, when I was – um, having some daddy sodas with some folks. They were talking about how much they love Labatt Blue Light and how they can't really get it in Texas. I didn't really realize that. Uh, I don't know what they were referring to, but um, they love it. They want it. I don't blame them. So everybody should be drinking today during Thanksgiving. There's no better way to watch Thanksgiving football than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt Blue Light in your hand. Stock up, be the MVP of your tailgate or your Thanksgiving gathering and share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I like the Bills to win the game. It's interesting, Jack. Um, there's some banged-up teams. I mean, no Gregory Rousseau or Tremaine Edmonds for the Bills. No Jonah Jackson at left guard for uh, the Lions. They don't have Akuda either. I, I honestly, maybe I'm, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I feel like uh, there's going to be a couple of uh, all three games. I think should be really good ones today. Very much looking forward to it. I will take. The um, I'll take the Bills to win a good game, higher scoring game, entertaining 27 23. Bills next is a game of the year at the Giants against the Cowboys in Dallas. This is actually the one that I think has the most potential to be a blowout, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I feel that way because obviously what happened last week with both these teams, but I'm hopeful that we will be able to get a pretty good performance out of the Giants. Pretty good game plan on a short week. They're just so beat up along the offensive line. I mean, so beat up. And this is the wrong team to be playing against when that's the case. I think that the Giants are going to really try to protect that offensive line. 
they're going to run Saquon a ton today. They don't want Daniel Jones dropping back. They don't want him getting hit all game by Micah Parsons and the boys. So I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. I think this ends up like, I'm going to say 20 to 14. 20 to 14, the Cowboys win a game. 20 to 13. 20 to 13. The Cowboys win a game that the Giants find a way to stay in until the end by kind of muddying the waters up. Lastly is the New England Patriots at the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings. I I like the Vikings to win. Um, I I think that obviously, I guess I'm picking a couple of the home teams. They didn't play great. I think they're going to bounce back from that Cowboys game. I really do. Um, in a major way. I, I think this is another low-scoring game because the Patriots' defense is legit. Patriots are struggling on offense. I think this will be very similar to the last game I just talked about. I think this ends up being 17-13. The Vikings win another really low-scoring game, so maybe it's not as entertaining as people want, but at least it's a close game. 17-13 Vikings Hope all of you guys have a terrific, terrific holiday. Remember, before you go out for Black Friday, go to myfrontpagestory.com. Get a loved one a story. You will not be disappointed. That is the best Christmas or Hanukkah gift you can get someone any holiday, for that matter. Shout-outs, of course, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sporticulture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Everreen Economics, Vision Comics with an X, BackOfficeScheduler.com, and MyFrontPageStory.com, of course. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.